0: All right, here it is, three weeks from today, Election Day, the most uh, important tipping point election in our lifetime, and I hope you're paying attention, and I hope you're engaged, and I hope you're going to get out, and I hope you're going to vote. Well, we had the first cover-up, or attempted cover-up, by the Biden administration when uh, Joe Biden went to the country he said was a pariah nation, Saudi Arabia, and he met with MBS, MBS who he said was responsible for the murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, which he probably was, uh, and went there after repeatedly, by the way, this, he had been begging OPEC numerous other times, many reports that he had been begging OPEC to increase their oil production supply, and their answer was always no. At one point they said, okay, we'll do like a million barrels a week with just to shut them up, but they're not increasing production. Joe thinks an appearance with the Saudis might might tip the balance in his favor. He goes over to the Pariah Nation, meets with the guy that he says is a murderer, begs him, kisses his ring, and we now know that he was told in no uncertain terms that the supply put out by OPEC Plus, of which Saudi Arabia is a member, the plus also being Russia, uh, that the answer was no, they would not be increasing their their oil production. As a matter of fact, Joe Biden was told they would decrease their oil production. And then apparently, according to the Saudis and their foreign ministry, they put out a letter uh, pointing to the fact that the Bidens were, well, can you just wait for a month before you announce this? Obviously. Now, what is the possible reason that they'd ask the Saudis and, and, and others to wait to make the announcement and wait to make the cut? Because there's something called the midterms coming up. Joe is trying to buy a month where they wouldn't announce it. Wow. Now we find out that they're going to announce this week even more releasing of the strategic petroleum reserves, nearly now cut in half at a 50-year low. Uh, They are there for emergencies. It is not an emergency, a national emergency, that the Democrats are looking like they're going to get a shellacking in the midterm elections. That would not be defined as an emergency. but If you're a Democrat, it would be. But the fact is, Joe Biden was trying to collude with other countries for the purpose of influencing the outcome of our elections. Everybody listening to my voice right now, if you replace the name Biden with the name Trump, you know what you would be hearing from the mob, the media and the Democratic Party. Collusion, 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 because that's exactly what Joe did here And the Saudis were a little disgusted at Joe's comments when he said that there's going to be a reassessment of the nature of our relationship with the Saudis. They had already given up on Joe Biden and had already made an adjustment, an alignment with the Russians. And it's happening. Just like Iran is now sending over troops and other military wares for the Russians to help them in their battle against Ukraine. And just like I've talked about this unholy alliance with Russia, Iran, and China that has emerged, all because of Joe Biden's weakness. And we learned this week in pretty much no uncertain terms that President Xi of China is going to take over Taiwan, and there's not a damn thing anybody's going to do, do about it. And in spite of Joe Biden saying that he'd even send troops over there, not once, but a couple of times, and has to, each time it had to be walked back by his own communications team. Now we find out, this is a pretty interesting ask, that Joe Biden was requesting, you know, that at least three... We learned that Joe Biden's White House, even though there were El Paso, Texas, was taking in a couple of thousand of illegal immigrants a week. And in order to avoid looking bad, we now have a report that the White House was asking the El Paso mayor, Mayor Oscar uh, Lesser is his name, to hold off on declaring a state of emergency despite thousands of illegal immigrants entering the city and crossing a dried-up area of the Rio Grande. So the White House was pressuring the Democratic mayor not to declare a state of emergency over the city's illegal immigrant crisis that was created by Joe Biden that makes Joe Biden look that bad, because if a Democratic mayor did it, it would look even worse. So we have sources telling the New York Post, it gets even more interesting, that at least three of the eight members of the El Paso City Council have been urging the mayor to declare that state of emergency because of the thousands of illegal immigrants dumped on the city daily. They have now overwhelmed the city. Now you have you know a few dozen busloads of illegal immigrants sent to Washington D.C. a sanctuary city and Muriel Bowser almost immediately calls in the National Guard declares a state of emergency and demands 50 million dollars. Same thing with the sanctuary city of New York. All of a sudden, they don't know what to do. They don't have the money. They're angry. They're lashing out at the likes of Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis and other border state governors and Governor Ducey out in Arizona. They're they're going after all of them. Uh, You send 52 migrants willingly. They sign consent forms to Mathis Vineyard. And look at the total freak out there. By the way, they were thrown out in 24 hours. In spite of the fact that there was plenty of room for them to sleep because we went on, you know, you can get an Airbnb. There were 120 some odd rooms, plenty more than twice what was needed for the illegal immigrants that showed up that day. But they weren't taken care of. They were brought to Cape Cod in a military fa- facility. I mean, it works one way, but not the other way. Anyway, the impact of all of this is we now have broken last year's record. We're now just beginning the third quarter of this year with over two million illegal immigrants that have entered this country illegally, and that's only the number that we know about, not the ones that have gone undetected. And we're not even talking about the cartels using the other open areas of the border because all of the manpower is focused on Joe's illegal immigrants that are being processed and then sent, of course, with preferential treatment, no COVID vaccine, no COVID uh, test. get uh, a Biden phone, and you are flown in the dark at night to some sp- obscure airport wherever they happen to send you so joe there's a policy of joe biden and that is to get people to lie for you get people to cover for you well uh so far it's not working out very well for them by the way if republicans get control of the house if they get control of the senate they need to investigate joe biden's collusion with saudi arabia opec plus nations so and in his effort to get these countries to influence these midterm elections and the lead-up to the elections. And we have a lot of news about these elections we're going to get to here. Uh, I mean, there's a real lot of news today. I mean, all over the place. Uh, By the way, even fake news CNN called out Fetterman for blatantly lying about his opposition to fracking. Fetterman said in a national television interview last week he's always supported fracking in his state. Now, we know that that's an outright lie, and we know, for example, that he's trying to back off his radical position on abortion as well, and his radical support of Bernie Sanders. Uh, he doesn't really want anybody you know, to know where he really stands, but we know for a fact that he s- supported a ban on fracking, a moratorium on fracking, in the state of Pennsylvania. Now, in the state of Pennsylvania, it is an $80 billion. Dollar industry, and uh, this would devastate the economy in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. It would be an unmitigated disaster. It would never work. You know, when discussing in 2016, the the Democratic Senate candidates, they write: John Fetterman, small town mayor, called for a moratorium on fracking. Reuters, April twenty fourth, 2016. Uh, Allegheny Front. April 7th, 2016, Fetterman attacked McGinty for her record on fracking, saying Miss McGinty, along with Governor Rendell, brought fracking to Pennsylvania. I never understand why Miss McGinty wants to run away from her history in fracking. Embrace what you've done. By the way, these words fit perfectly for Fetterman. Embrace these things that you've done in your career. John, embrace that you called for the moratorium. Fetterman's, uh, anyway march 18th 2021 but what i hope we do is we make it so it becomes eventually a de facto moratorium because the transition is going to be toward green and renewable energy he said that as late as 2021 so cnn even called him out on his lie uh because it's an outright lie and we're seeing this with candidates all across the country pretty unbelievable Uh, Biden, Harris and Blinken are all going into Pennsylvania in a last ditch effort to try and drag Fetterman over the finish line in that race. Look, he wants no restrictions on abortion. You can have an abortion up until the moment before birth. Moratorium on tracking. This guy has released more convicted murderers than any one candidate that I've ever seen in my lifetime and wants to open up Pennsylvania's prisons and let anywhere from a third to half the prison population out guy that, by the way, supported BLM, although he scrubbed it from his website. And the Crips, there's even pictures of him courting them as well. This is a guy that wants taxpayers to pay for heroin injection sites. This is a guy that wants to sue oil companies and sue the CEOs of grocery chains. This is a guy that wants Pennsylvania to be a sanctuary state. He supports sanctuary cities and states. A guy that is mayor, ran. Followed a guy that was an innocent African-American jogger, put a shotgun, according to the guy, right at his chest, called the police. The guy did nothing wrong. You know, doesn't want to debate until the last week before the election. So typical. Uh, By the way, Lee Zeldin is closing in on Kathy Hochul. So New York, it's a long shot, but it's definitely in play. Quinnipiac, three weeks before Election Day, Democrat incumbent Kathy Hochul has a slight edge. 50 to 46. Now, New York is like three separate areas. You got to look at New York City. Democrats outnumber the highest density, population density in the, in the state. Anyway, Democrats outnumber Republicans about nine eight to nine to one. Um, when you break it down, it's it, you have Republicans supporting Zeldin, independents now supporting Zeldin, 57 to 37%. That's big. Now, they show that Hochul is leading zeldin in new york city 59 to 37 that may sound like a big number it's not the race is tight in other words if zeldin gets 50 plus percent in the suburbs and and wins long island and wins upstate new york and if he gets 37 percent in new york city he absolutely becomes the governor of new york 44% of likely voters have a favorable view of Hochul. That's not a good number for a sitting governor. You know, somebody said something to me last night, and I thought, you know what? There probably is truth to this. I guarantee you, Andrew Cuomo, and they're a powerful political family in New York, no doubt about it. Um, I bet you they have a lot of resentment towards Hochul. And if Andrew Cuomo wanted to impact this race behind the scenes, he could. Now, is that a guess? Would he do it? I don't know. By the way, you know that Jim Crow 2.0 that you heard so much about, Georgia's election law? Yeah, Democrats so pointed in their attacks. Jim Crow in the 21st century. Uh, Joe Biden said, we have a moral or constitutional obligation to act. Major League Baseball refused to hold their all-star game in Atlanta because of the new law. Yeah, it turns out that um, the chief operating officer in the office of Georgia Secretary of State, this guy's name is Gabriel Sterling, announced on Twitter today uh, yesterday, that 2022 early voting has broke broken every record they've ever had. Our election team reviewed the initial early vote numbers for day one. We know we are north of 125 thousand dollars, which dwarfs the previous record of 72 thousand from the midterm in 2018 on their first day of voting. Whoopsie daisy! Look at that. I guess it's not Jim Crow 2.0. I guess that was a lie, a demagogue. Yeah, of course. Democrats. Anyway, we have a lot of news to get to today. Glad you're with us. Uh, uh, General Don Bolduck in uh, New Hampshire now is uh, closing in on Senator Hassan. Uh, Hassan, let me tell you something. That race is winnable for the Republicans. Pay attention in New Hampshire. All right. If you, like me, believe in your Second Amendment rights and you want to be a marksman, I know the way to do it. you got to get Mantis X. It's incredible. It'll imp- improve anybody's uh, shooting in just 20 minutes of your time. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes. Now, Mantis X is a high-tech, but affordable and simple-to-use uh, system. It's used extensively by a military, and the best marksmen in the world is called dry fire practice. The best shooters in the world do it all the time. Anyway, what you do, how it works, you attach the Mantis X to your firearm. You connect that to an app. On your smartphone or tablet or whatever, it will give you instant feedback on what you do right, what you do wrong, and how you can correct your technique. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes, and it's fun. That's the best part. It's a lot of fun. You're going to love it. Anyway, uh, try it at home with your friends and family. Uh, You don't have to drive to the driving range. You don't have to spend money on range fees and ammo, and you're going to get a—you'll be the best shot you've ever been. Put it that way. Anyway, I'm using it. Linda's using it. She actually has become a pretty good shot, finally. Took a while, but we got her there. Anyway, go to their website, MantisX.com. You're going to love this technology at an affordable price. MantisX.com.